Matthew chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Of Catina Aurora, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. Verse 16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who was called Christ. Gloss. In the last place, after the patriarchs, he sets down Joseph, the husband of Mary, for whose sake all the rest are introduced, saying, But Jacob begat Joseph. Jerome. This passage is objected to us by the emperor Julian in his discrepancy of the evangelists. Matthew calls Joseph the son of Jacob. Luke makes him the son of Eli. He did not know the scripture manner. One was his father by nature, the other by law. For we know that God commanded by Moses that if a brother or near kinsman died without children, another should take his wife to raise up seed to his brother or kinsman. But of this matter, Africanus, the chronologist, and Eusebius of Caesarea have disputed more fully. Eusebius. For Metathen and Melchi at different periods had each a son by one and the same wife, Jessica. Metathen, who traced through Solomon, first had her and died leaving one son, Jacob, by name. As the law forbade not a widow, either dismissed from her husband or after death of her husband to be married to another, so Melchi, who traced through Metathen, being of the same tribe but of another race, took this widow to wife and begat Eli his son. Thus shall we find Jacob and Eli, though of a different race, yet by the same mother to have been brethren, one of whom, namely Jacob, after Eli his brother, was deceased without issue, married his wife, and begat on her the third, Joseph, by nature indeed, and reason his own son, whereupon also it is written, and Jacob begat Joseph. But by the law he was the son of Eli, for Jacob, being his brother, raised up seed to him. Thus the genealogy, both as recited by Matthew and by Luke, stands right and true. Matthew saying, And Jacob begat Joseph. Luke saying, Which was the son, as it was supposed. For he adds his withal. Of Joseph, which was the son of Eli, which was the son of Melchi. Or could he have more significantly or properly expressed that way of generation according to the law, which was made by a certain adoption that had respect to the dead, carefully leaving out the word begetting, throughout even to the end. Augustine. He is more properly called his son, by whom he was adopted, than had he been said to have been begotten of him of whose flesh he was not born. Wherefore Matthew, in saying Abraham begot Isaac, in continuing the same phrase, throughout down to Jacob begot Joseph, sufficiently declares that he gives the father according to the order of nature, so as that we must hold Joseph to have been begotten, not adopted by Jacob. Though even if Luke had used the word begotten, we need not have thought it any serious objection, for it is not absurd to say of an adopted son that he is begotten, not after the flesh, but by affection. Eusebius. Neither does this lack good authority, nor has it been suddenly devised by us for this purpose. For the kinsmen of our Savior, according to the flesh, either out of desire to show forth this, their so great nobility of stock, or simply for the truth's sake, have delivered it unto us. Augustine. And suitably does Luke, who relates Christ's ancestry, not in the opening of this gospel, but at his baptism, follow the line of adoption. 
as thus more clearly pointing him out as the priest that should make atonement for sin for by adoption we are made the sons of god by believing in the son of god but by descent according to the flesh which matthew follows we rather see that the son of god was for us made man luke sufficiently shows that he called joseph the son of eli because he was adopted by eli by his calling adam the son of god which he was by grace as he was set in paradise though he lost it afterwards by sinning chrysostom having gone through all the ancestry and ended in joseph he adds the husband of mary thereby declaring that it was for her sake that he was included in the genealogy jerome when you hear this word husband do not straight bethink you of wedlock but remember the scripture manner which calls persons only betrothed husband and wife genetius the son of god was born of human flesh that is of mary and not by man after the way of nature as abion says and accordingly it is significantly added of her jesus was born augustine this is said against Arrhenius, who taught that christ took nothing of the virgin mary but passed through her as through a channel or pipe id wherefore it pleased him to take flesh of the womb of a woman is known in his own secret counsels whether that he might confer honor on both sexes alike by taking the form of a man and being born of a woman or from some other reason which i would not hastily pronounce on hilary what god conveyed by the anointing of oil to those who were anointed to be kings this the holy spirit conveyed upon the man christ adding thereto the expiation wherefore when born he was called christ and thus it proceeds who is called christ augustine it is not lawful that he should think to separate himself from mary for this that she brought forth christ as yet a virgin and herein may the faithful gather that if they be married and preserve strict continence on both sides yet may their wedlock hold with union of love only without carnal for here they see that it is possible that a son be born without carnal embrace augustine in christ's parents was accomplished every good benefits of marriage fidelity progeny and a sacrament the progeny we see in the lord himself fidelity for there was no adultery sacrament for there was no divorce jerome the attentive reader may ask seeing joseph was not the father of the lord and saviour how does the genealogy traced down to him in order pertain to the lord we will ask first that it is not the practice of scripture to follow the female line in his genealogies secondly that joseph and mary were of the same tribe and that he was thence compelled to take her to wife as a kinsman and they were enrolled together at bethlehem as being come from one stock augustine also the line of descent ought to be brought down to joseph that in wedlock no wrong might be done to the male sex as the more worthy provided only nothing was taken away from the truth because mary was of the seed of david id hence then we believe that mary was in the line of david namely because we believe the scripture which affirms two things both that christ was of the seed of david according to the flesh and that he should be conceived of mary not by knowledge of man but as yet a virgin council of ephesus herein we must beware of the error of nestorius who thus speaks when divine scripture is to speak either of the birth of christ which is of the virgin mary or his death it is never seen to put god 
but either Christ or Son or Lord, since these three are significant of the two natures, sometimes of this, sometimes of that, and sometimes of both this and together. And here is a testimony to this. Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. For God, the Word, needed not a second birth of a woman. Pseudo-Augustine. But not one was the Son of God, and another the Son of Man, but the same Christ was the Son of both God and man. And as in one man the soul is one, and the body is another, so in the mediator between God and man the Son of God was one, and the Son of Man another. Yet of both together was one Christ the Lord, two in distinction of substance, one in unity of person. But the heretic objects. How can you teach him to have been born in time whom you say was before co-eternal with his father? For birth, as it were, a motion of a thing not in being, before it be born. Bringing about this, that by benefit of birth it come into being. Whence it is concluded that he who was in being cannot be born. If he could be born, he was not in being. To this it is replied by Augustine, let us imagine, as many will have it, that the universe has a general soul, which by some unspeakable motion gives life to all seeds, so as that itself is not mixed up with the things it produces. When this then passes forth into the womb to form passable matter to its own uses, it makes one with itself the person of that thing which it is clear has not the same substance. And thus the soul being active and the matter passive of two substances is made one man the soul and the flesh, being distinct. Thus it is that our confession is that that soul is born of the womb, which in coming to the womb we say conferred life on the thing conceived. He, I say, is said to be born of his mother, who shaped to himself a body out of her, in which he might be born, not as though before he was born his mother might, as far as pertained to him, not having been in being. In like manner, yea, in a manner yet more incomprehensible and sublime, the Son of God was born, by taking on him perfect manhood of his mother. He who by his singular almighty power is the cause of their being born to all things that are born. Verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are fourteen generations, and from David until the carrying away into Babylon are fourteen generations and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are fourteen generations. Pseudo Chrysostom. Having enumerated the generations from Abraham to Christ, he divides them into three divisions of fourteen generations, because three times at the end of fourteen generations the state of the people of the Jews was changed. From Abraham to David they were under judges, from David to the carrying away into Babylon under kings, and from the carrying away to Christ under the high priests. What he would show, then, is this. Like as ever at the end of fourteen generations, the state of men has changed, so there being fourteen generations completed from the carrying away to Christ. It must needs be that the state of men be changed by Christ. And so, since Christ, all the Gentiles have been made under one Christ, judge, king, and priest. And for that, judges, kings, and priests prefigured Christ dignity. Their beginnings were always in a type of Christ. The first of the judges was Joshua, the son of Nave, the first of the kings, David, the first of the priests, Jesus, the son of Josedek. That this was typical of Christ, none doubts. Chrysostom. 
or he divided the whole genealogy into three parts to show that not even by the change of their governments were they made better, but under judges, kings, high priests, and priests held the same evil course. For which cause also he mentions the captivity of Babylon, showing that neither by this were they corrected. But the going down into Egypt is not mentioned because they were not still in terror of the Egyptians as they were of the Assyrians or Parthians, and because that was a remote, but this a recent event, because they had not been carried thither for sin as they had to Babylon. Ambrose. Let us not think this is to be overlooked, that though there were seventeen kings of Judah between Abraham and Jeconia, Matthew only recounts fourteen. We must observe that there might be many more successions to the throne than generations of men, for some may live longer and beget children later, or might be altogether without seed. Hence the number of kings and of generations would not coincide. Gloss. Or we may say that there are three kings overlooked, as was said above. Ambrose. Again, from Jeconia to Joseph are computed twelve generations. Yet he afterwards calls these also fourteen. But if you look attentively, you will be able to discover the method by which fourteen are reckoned here. Twelve are reckoned, including Joseph, and Christ is the thirteenth. And history declares that there were two Joachims, that is, two Jeconias, father and son. The evangelist has not passed over either of these, but has named them both. Thus adding the younger Jeconia, fourteen generations are computed. Pseudo-Chrysostom. Or the same Jeconia is counted twice in the gospel, once before the carrying away, and again after the carrying away. For this Jeconia, being one person, had two different conditions. Before the carrying away, he was the king, as being made king by the people of God. But he became a private man at the carrying away, hence he is reckoned once among the kings before the carrying away, and after the carrying away, once among private men. Augustine. Or one of Christ's forefathers is counted twice, because in him, Jeconia, to wit, there was made a passing off to strange nations since he was carried to Babylon. Wherever a series turns out of the right line to go in any other direction, there is an angle made, and that part that is in the angle is reckoned twice. Thus here is a figure of Christ, who passes from the circumcision to the uncircumcision, and is made a cornerstone. Brigmig. He made fourteen generations because the ten denotes the Decalogue, and the four the four books of the Gospel. Whence this shows the agreement of the law and the gospel, and he put fourteen three times over that he might show that the perfection of the law, prophecy, and grace consists in the faith of the Holy Trinity. Gloss. For in this number is signified the sevenfold grace of the Holy Spirit. The number is made up of seven, doubled, to show that the grace of the Holy Spirit is needed both for the soul and body to salvation. Also, the genealogy is divided into three portions of fourteen thus, the first from Abraham to David, so as that David is included in it, the second from David to the carrying away, in which David is not included, but the carrying away is included, and the third is from the carrying away to Christ, in which if we should say that Jeconia is included, then the carrying away is included. In the first are denoted the men before the law, in which you will find some of the men of the law of nature, such as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all as far as Solomon. In the second are denoted 
men under the law, for all who are included in it were under the law. In the third are found the men of grace, for it is finished in Christ, who is the giver of grace, and because it was the deliverance from Babylon, signifying the deliverance from captivity that was made by Christ. Augustine, after having divided the whole into three periods of fourteen generations, he does not sum them all up and say, the sum of the whole is forty and two, because one of those fathers, that is, Jaconia, is reckoned twice, so that they do not amount to forty-two, as three times fourteen does, but because one is reckoned twice over, there are only forty-one generations. Matthew, therefore, whose purpose was to draw out Christ's kingly nature, counts forty successions in the genealogy exclusive of Christ. This number denotes the time for which we must be governed by Christ in this world, according to that painful discipline which is signified by the iron rod, of which it is written in the Psalms, Thou shalt rule them with a rod of iron. That this number should denote this temporal life, our reason offers in hand, and this, that the seasons of the year are four, and that the world itself is bounded by four sides, the east, west, the north, and the south. But forty contains ten four times. Moreover, ten itself is made up by a number proceeding from one to four. Gloss. Or the ten refers to the Decalogue, the four to this life present, which passes through four seasons. Or, by the ten, is meant the Old Testament, by the four, the new. Rigmig. But if any, maintaining that it is not the same Jaconia, but two different persons, make the number forty in two, we shall say that the Holy Church is signified, for this number is the product of seven and six. For six times seven makes forty-two. The six denotes labor, and the seven rest. End of Matthew 1, verses 16 and 17.